What's going on everybody? Welcome to First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. My name is Jeremy Franchese and today we're talking about expectation setting and why it's so important with your new employees. Hey, I hope everybody's having a great start to your week. Nicer weather. DC metro area is finally shining through. Feels like spring. Finally some sun. Uh, no more snow. No more winter. None of that nonsense. So I'm hoping it's, it's carried over into everybody's day a little bit brighter nonetheless. So, hey, today we're talking about expectation setting and, and, and more specifically with new employees. I've started to take note of Um, different pieces, whether it's Harvard Business Review, different publications, and I'm finding it common that when people are referencing turnover or employee retention, satisfaction, productivity, engagement, a disproportionate amount of the findings are directly related to the impression that was left from the the preliminary interactions with the company, meaning the job posting, the first screening, the interview process, onboarding, so on and so forth. And so I wanted to take a few minutes here and just unpack that, have, have a conversation around it and, and to press upon, the, you know, where can we impact, where can we control and what levers can we pull so that the expectations up front are as in line and inspirational, right? You want to sell the job, you want to sell the opening, you want to sell the culture, sell the company. But at the end of the day, if you sell a bag of goods and it ends up being false or misrepresented, it's not going to work long term. Uh, and I just I want to unpack that. So, you know, touching back, uh, I want to say uh, a month ago or so, I put out a article on LinkedIn. It was late February and it was it was called interview like realtors, like real estate agents show homes. So, so when you think about the, the process of, of showing a home, right, whether you've never bought a home, whether you love real estate or it's foreign to you. If you walk up to a property and you show them and you give them the razzle dazzle of the most beautiful walkthrough possible, fresh paint, fresh clean, cut grass, it looks absolutely stunning, right? But it's all kind of a cover up. And and when they actually move in, the, the paint starts to peel, the grass starts to, to get nasty because you just painted it green when in reality it was all dead grass. They start to look at the, the, the infrastructure, the siding needs to be replaced, the windows aren't sealed correctly, so the hot air is coming right in in, 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 in their summertime, and, and the AC is going right out the door, money's going right out the door, right? You kind of get the reference, like, you can show a beautiful, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you can show a beautiful opportunity, but if it's not accurate at the end of the day, it never works. And... So if you haven't taken a look at that article, I also talked about it over over on, on First Floor with, with the podcast, uh, and, and I, it, it came down to the point of uh, how you introduce your candidates to your company matters. In this, in this talent market, it matters. Every single detail that's controllable from the front attendant welcoming the, the candidate to the job posting to the, the continuity of the interview process, it all plays a factor in the impression you leave. But if you are and your team, if you're in HR, if you're in the hiring process, if you're in the interview process, however you play a part in the orchestra of hiring people, 
if you're a part of this, the narrative, the storytelling of what the company culture is, what the job's gonna be like, what the expectations are like, what the growth potential's like, all those different nuances. If you're a part of that, you have an obligation and an opportunity to dream build within reason. So let, let's let's take a look at some numbers. I think numbers help. Okay, uh, Harvard Business Review put out an article not too long ago, talked about the the, anti, the the old school nature of how how people give their quote unquote two weeks notice when they go to change jobs. Uh, that, that that's a different point for a different conversation. But in the article, it touches on and I quote: uh, recent research from staffing agency Robert Half found that some 64% of workers believe job hopping to be acceptable, even beneficial practice, especially millennial workers. Here's where it gets more interesting: millennials resign nearly two times as often as non-millennials with comparable tenure. That is significant. Now, there's a variety of factors. There's a variety of factors, okay? So not, not to drill one point and, and pigeonhole the topic, but it does beg the question when the, the candidate has the leverage, when they're bidding for, uh, when multiple companies are all bidding on the same talent pool, it begs the question, right? Because everybody's bidding for talented, qualified staff members, but there's more openings in jobs than there are people to fill them. So that individual likely receives and fields multiple offers from great companies, great opportunities. So what do you think is going to happen if you sell them a bag of goods and it ends up being a complete exaggeration of the opportunity? It's completely hyperbolized and it's not realistic. And they're going to find that out six months in, three months in, four minutes in. What we see here and this again, again, millennials resign nearly two times as often as non-millennials with comparable tenure. There are a variety of factors, but what it comes down to is... Does that job description paint the clear image? When you interview them and you sell that, the employee, I see this all the time. Love to see some comments if you work for a company like this. Our people are our most valuable asset. I met with a company that said that they had 100% turnover and they were a 210 employee company in the DC metro area. I'm not even kidding. Not even hyperbolizing. They literally are a, were a 200 employee company and on their website it said we happen to be in the we're in the people business, comma, like whatever it was. I don't want to give it away. Whatever their business was, right? They literally had a 100% turnover because they had systematic breakdowns, poor benefit structures, terrible leadership development. They didn't develop soft skills. They didn't deliver the proper narrative based on the jobs, opportunity, growth, and potential that working at that company would establish. So they were not in the people business. They were lying. Now, what we see here is an opportunity for companies to create recruiting machines in the form of their people. The best companies have great recruiting and HR departments, but their people naturally go find great people and bring them in because they are proud of where they work, empowered to communicate and market the opportunities and fill the roles themselves, whether it's through referral fees or, 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 or employee referral programs, however you want to, whatever the nomenclature is, whatever you label it as. My point is simple. When you sell us a vision and, and an opportunity to an employee, a, can, a candidate, excuse me, preliminary, a candidate going through an interview process who ends up biting on the hook, on the bait, and they love it, they take your offer and they work for you and you actually sold them an accurate portrayal and it met their expectations, it satisfied their growth expectations, their motivational tendencies, it all, it lit them on fire because it was accurate. 
They're more inclined to talk to people. You have a couple job recs opening up. They're more inclined to share it because it's accurate. They shopped for a job and they were sold the solution they were looking for. So these companies, when we look at how important setting fair expectation is, what, what do you expect to happen if you sell a bag of goods? I like that. I just love that phrase, a bag of goods. You sell a, a candidate who's, let's say, a software developer, and you say you're going to have an entrepreneurial job where you're expected to be the, the, the self-starting, motivational, uh, competent employee, and, and you're going to have, have, have autonomy to develop and build and work on projects and challenge yourself. And, and we believe in, in self-starters and, and developing our people and you being the driver of the ship. Okay, that's what you sold them. And then they work and within two weeks, they're so heavily micromanaged that they're ready to leave. What do you think is gonna happen? Your glass door is gonna get blown up from bad reviews, right? Your your other wrecks in DE, however it looks like, they're not they're gonna start absolutely slamming the company. Right? Bad news travels significantly further than good news. We know that. That's common. That's why social media is so interesting right now, right? But the principles are simple. They're going to be one foot in, one foot out almost immediately looking for another job because it wasn't hard to get your job. It wasn't hard to land the job. They had four offers probably. So when you look at what is the expectation you're setting with your people, I would look at a core set of, call it four items. The job description itself. How accurate is the job description? Is it accurate? Is the job requirements, both their skill set, what they need to excel, like is that whole set of, of, of items accurate? Okay, job description, number one. Two, culture. Every company has different culture. It, it's not a, it's, I mean, it, it makes them unique in their way. Are you selling a culture that you want to talk about or you actually have? Are you selling a dream, hoping that you're going to have an employee bite and join the team and start to build it for you? Like, what's the true culture of your, your company? Are you are you a group of self-starter millennials that are ready to go build the next big thing? Or are you kind of old school in your practices looking to turn the corner and you're looking for, for successful, young, highly competent, motivated, talented people to start to steer the ship in the next wave of innovation? Whatever your culture is like, it doesn't matter if you have beanbag chairs, whiteboards, smart TVs, or, or standing desks. It doesn't matter if you work from home, you work over Slack, you have virtual conference. It doesn't matter how you operate. What does matter is, is your culture accurately portrayed in a way that they are interviewing you, much like you're interviewing them. And when you come to the agreement, you solve each other's problem. They're looking for an opportunity. You're looking for a candidate. Is the culture accurate, right? So job description, culture. I'm gonna take a third step in, in, in this list, so to speak, and talk about management style. Is the management style accurate to the portrayal of the candidate's expectations? So what I mean by that is very simple. There are some roles that by nature should be a little more heavy on the micromanagement, especially when you're new and, and getting ramped up and, and executing in, in a team-based environment, however you want to look at it. Virtual environment may be a bit more unique versus an on-site employee. But the point is this, is the management style something? Some people don't operate under, 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 uh, uh, they don't, they don't operate as effectively under different management styles. Now, great people are, can, can, can adapt and overcome. I'm not denying that. But my point is, 
as a as a candidate, if they're looking for an opportunity to 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 to, to be really held the handheld, managed tight to the chest. They need the development. They're hungry. They're motivated. They want to learn. They want somebody micromanaging them because they look at it as an opportunity to expedite the development process, expedite the involvement in the company, drive deeper cultural integration, immerse themselves into the company's goals, missions, objectives, tasks, and priorities. And then you come in, hire them, and say, yeah, 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 we're going to be hands-on from day one. And then you hand them their desk or their, their online you know, uh, 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 VPN and you get them set up through IT and all of a sudden they don't have any interaction with their manager. What do you think is going to happen? It's like taking your kid, throwing them in the water and say, hey, good luck swimming. Now, some thrive under that, right? Some people don't want man- over, over the top management, micromanagement. They want to figure it out. They're self-starters. They have different tendencies and that's their DNA. But my point is, if the job description is accurate and they're actually applying for the job they expect to be applying for, the culture is accurate in the portrayal of the narrative, the cult, the community, and the friend-based atmosphere, I'll call it. Like, Are they going to add new people to their network that they enjoy being around? Is that accurate in how you're portraying that narrative? Okay. The, la- the third piece, and not the last thing, excuse me, the, the third piece truly is um, the management style. Now, you may not know the exact team, you may not know exactly where it's landing, but generally speaking, like what type of subordinate management structure are they walking into? Because it, it, it's important to understand what where they best align and how they best operate. What, how do you drive engagement with somebody if they operate in a manner that needs really hand-on help, but your manager likes to be hands-off and, and let them be? Like there's a disconnect there. You can address that up front. Those, those are th- right. Job description, culture, management style. The fourth thing I'll throw in there is 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 growth opportunity. So, for example, I, I'll work with some smaller companies that aren't like these Amazons and these these Salesforce.coms and IBM, where they have thousands of employees where like you could have somebody walk into the sales role two years in they're like i'm kind of done being a hunter i want to go work in marketing i love storytelling right they have the inventory of roles to transfer you horizontally in the company to take on a new part of your career they retain you as an employee because they have the inventory of capabilities to pass you to a different part of the company where they also have needs and they also have requirements and you being somebody that has a track record of executing in your role can be crossed over right if you're in a small company and you don't have that same ability the ability to communicate growth development potential in a year two three five year window is really an opportunity where you can excel i'm not asking you to ask your candidates if what their five-year plan is like 15 years ago we didn't have facebook so you asking me what i'm going to be in five years could change because i don't even know what's going to happen in the next five years right but the point is Having an understanding if your people are there with the tent of, of immersion and not being uh, part of this 64% that, that feel job hopping is an acceptable and quote unquote even beneficial practice, right? Getting a pulse on the expectation of job growth, right? There's an article I just recently saw and it was talking about how there's an overwhelmingly high amount of rookies in the workforce that are getting a year or two years into jobs and looking up for a pad of approval and a promotion and and they're not getting it and it's causing uh, an interesting reaction, right? Because baby boomers, that's not how they operate it, right? Gen X, a little different, but millennials, it's a different game. So when you look at that, are you are you having a good conversation around the potential growth in the company? If they execute at the peak 
of that job's expectation because they know what the job rec says and it's an accurate portrayal of the job. They recognize the culture is a good fit for them and you're accurate in your portrayal. They recognize the potential management design so they understand if they're going to be thrive in that type of environment much like you are going to have an employee that is a good fit as a cog in the system right and that last piece are they aware of what's possible if they're not aware of what's possible they may not be able to see the big picture and therefore may only be 75 percent engaged because they're always wondering what else is out there what's best what's possible but if they knew what was possible under that roof, they may put their head down, put 100% in, dive in, engage, produce, engage, produce, develop, engage, produce, rinse, repeat, communicate, immerse themselves in the culture, immerse themselves in their responsibilities, immerse themselves in the vision, the positioning of the company, and the next level of innovation. Because they know that if they do that, there's potential upside in the growth, promotions, financial incentives, cultural incentives, right? My point is this. For companies that are looking to navigate a tough talent market, your true, most honest narrative is going to help you. Because much like an employee and a candidate who's going to come to the interview and sell their best version of themselves, their resume full of makeup, right? Like you'll have somebody that literally worked for a moving company and they'll call themselves a, a, a lead logistics, you know, commercial move. Like, like they're going to sell their best self. And, I, and, and every candidate expects the company to do the same thing. But there's a, there's a, there's a breakdown in, in selling your best self and absolutely telling, the, the, telling a false narrative. So if, if you have an expectation that your candidates are going to sell their best selves but have some thread of in, a thread of integrity and not overselling themselves where it's complete garbage and they're selling themselves because of capability, motivation, inspiration, possibilities, and their willingness to learn, develop, and improve, that's one thing. But if they're hyperbolizing skill sets and are never going to execute on what they're promising, that's a different story. So if you have that expectation of your candidates, maybe level set and do the same thing yourself. Explain where you want to take the company. Explain the state of the company. Explain the culture, but where the culture could be. As long as the job rec's accurate, the culture is portrayed accurately, as well as where you want to take the culture. Cultural development is possible if it's communicated, if it's deployed through the organization, right? Making sure your, your management style is something that, that maybe is addressed. Like, you don't have to literally tell them, I micromanage people in this role. That your manager is going to be on your ass. But my point is, asking them, the last pot, episode 13 I just put out, it talked about uh, uh, LinkedIn's top, you know, most sought out companies to work for in 2019. One of them was Facebook. No surprise, right? One of the things Facebook does in their preliminary interviews is ask their employees, hey, you know, candidate A. I want you to pretend you walk home, you get in your front door, you get home, you're happy, you're smiling, and you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, man, I love this job. I'm so grateful I have it. Couldn't be happier. I'm blessed that I got here. And I'm, I'm able to work with this type of people, this type of organization. Tell me what you did that day to make it feel that great. They reverse engineer the people. What do they like to do? How do they like to do it? And the environment they like to do it in. So it's not so much binary question and answer, question and answer. How do you like to be managed? We manage this way. My point is understanding, are you good fits? I love sports analogies. You could have the best running back in the game if you love football, the best running back in the game, but if they don't fit into your offensive scheme, it doesn't matter how good they are, it's gonna cause a breakdown, right? 
That's simple. So making sure that they're fit for you, much like you want to be a fit for them, it's through honesty, transparency, inspiration, motivation, driving the narrative, and moving things across the table with some integrity. But what I want to leave you with is if companies are willing to make sure their their job recs are accurate, what type of role are you truly hiring for? They are accurate with that. They're accurate with their cultural promise and the narrative that they speak. They're accurate in their understanding of, is this person going to be a good fit for how we like to lead and manage people? Are they going to be uh, an operational uh, fit in how we do business at our organization? And are you answering or at least uncovering the, the answer, the, the question of what's possible? Are you dream building with the employee? Not what their freaking three to five year plan is. You're not interviewing them like that. Like what's your tenure? Where do you want to be in 35 years? But are you asking them, hey, if you, you know, we, we're looking for somebody that's going to absolutely dom- dominate in this role. You're not only going to learn and, and develop your skills so that you can execute the core competencies of the role, but we're looking for somebody that's going to look to take it to the next level where we're going to increase responsibility, increase opportunity, increase the cultural immersion of where you fit into this company based on how much you can bring to the table. We're looking for go-getters, self-starters, motivated people. But are you gauging where they see what's possible? Are you gauging what could be if they execute in that? What maybe do they want to do next? If you're a small company, you only have 20 employees and you don't have so many horizontal opportunities to move departments, change roles, right? If 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 they're if you don't have the cash flow to consistently promote them and give them financial incentives and all you can do is add names to the their add add titles, you know, change the name of their role, their title and make them feel good like that understanding how to dream build what's possible when and if they dominate their role is something that's on your plate as the employer manager leader that's your job and for the companies that execute on those four criteria they answer what's possible they 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 clarify if they're a good fit from a management perspective how they operate in the cog of the machine we'll call it i know that's a, that's a kind of a blunt way to word it but truth is true they have to fit into the culture they don't fit what you're trying to deliver on based on how they do business, how they get their work done. They may not be worth it, even if they're amazing, right? Culture has to be a narrative that's portrayed accurately. And at the end of the day, the bare bones, basic, simplest thing ever is, are you advertising the job that's truly looking to be filled? Because you're both looking for a solution. You're both looking for answers. Now, whoever leads with integrity, honesty, and the ability to dream build within restraint and moderation so that that candidate can be excited and motivated, they put their best foot forward because what they're hearing is something they want, they need it, but they know that when they acquire it and they get onboarded, they're not blown out of the water because it's nothing like what they expected. So expectation setting, very simple. But if you set the right expectations across those four spectrums, if you set the right expectations, your retention should go down or go up, excuse me, your turnover should go down, your productivity should go up because they knew what they were signing up for, they got it, they won the job, they're diving in, it should go up through the roof, which means that your revenues should follow suit, and if there's less turnover, greater retention, greater engagement, greater productivity, in theory, your recruitment, onboarding, training costs should also go down, which means your bottom line increases, your profit margin expands, your wrap and fringe reduces in the government contracting space and every single thing follows suit where you can actually build a long-term sustainably profitable efficient company and that's what we're looking to do 
This is First Floor Conversations. Thank you so much for joining. Set right expectations. Sell what you truly have and, and find the people that want what you have and want to build what you're trying to develop from where you currently are. And there's more than upside to the moon. This is First Floor Conversations. My name is Jeremy Franchese. What we believe here is very simple across business, personal, career, everything, and back again. The view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Stay tuned, and until next time, thank you so much.